0: Hi, this is Mac from Mac's List. Before we start the show, I want to let you know about my new book, Land Your Dream Job Anywhere. I've been helping job seekers find meaningful, well-paying work since 2001, and now I put all my best advice into one easy-to-use guide. My book shows you how to make your resume stand out in a stack of applications, where you can find the hidden jobs that never get posted, and what you need to do to ace your next job interview. Get the first chapter now for free. Visit maxlist.org slash anywhere.
1: This is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm Ben Forstag, your temporary host and managing director of MaxList. On this week's bonus episode, we're going to address an article that was recently published in the op-ed section of the New York Times. It's called The Utter Uselessness of Job Interviews. It was published by Jason Dana, an assistant professor of management and marketing at Yale School of Management. So this piece affirms what I think a lot of people already believe about job interviews, which is that uh, they are not the best standard for determining who the best candidate for a job is. Jason Dana does a lot of research in this. He shares some anecdotes about it. But most importantly, he comes away with this, which is people's confidence in their ability to glean information from a face-to-face conversation is highly overrated. In some studies, he shows that even when interviewers know that they're being lied to, even when they're faced with information that is inconsistent from interviewees even when it doesn't line up with the expectations they had of the interviewee interviewers tend to read what they want into conversations and make bad judgments based on that so mac i want to start off our conversation here with your take on this how true do you think this information is are interviews a reliable way to judge candidates
0: well i think an interview is one part of the hiring process, and if a successful hiring process doesn't rely on interviews alone, it it begins with a good sourcing process that looks to invite people who are known to the hiring manager or are leaders in their field in to apply, and then it also involves reference checks, um, tests. These could be uh, uh, tests of of people's writing ability or, or other tactical skills, technical skills, rather. But it's not just the conversation alone. Because uh, if you're relying just on the interview, it's going to be hard to get a complete picture of a candidate and uh, their li- and to make a prediction about the likelihood of success. I think, thinking very quickly of the founder of Idealist, who was talking about the hiring process, and he said, you know, getting, hiring somebody based on just three conversations alone is like getting married on the third date. Uh, because you're making a long-term commitment, and and you don't want to rely just on the interviews alone to make that
1: decision. Becky and Jessica are nodding their heads because they probably heard me tell them that in their own interviews. <laughs> they thought they thought that, that <laughs> I had come up with that expression. Yeah. It wasn't.
2: yeah, I did think it was yours. You totally like claimed it too.
0: Oh, oh I didn't realize that. <laughs> I was like,
2: oh okay, I just this thought. <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
0: So um, and and we're talking about an academics' work here, so it's we're in the world where you should give credit for others' work.
1: So, um, you know, obviously, yeah, the best practice is the interview shouldn't be the be-all-end-all of the hiring process, and most of the time it isn't. But if you're a job seeker, what are you to do here? You know, if if you know you're walking into this interview and it's kind of a, a stacked deck either for you or against you, is there any way to, to plan around this, to think around the flawed process of interviews? Yeah,
2: that that's a tough one. I, I think that part of it is as an interviewee to watch out for like an interview that's overly casual where they're not asking you specific questions to the job um, you know if you're just talking about what you're interested in and it's it's like oh we're just looking for cultural fit like they might not know what they want so that's something to consider they talked a lot of, in the in the article about like for employers to Ask specific questions and that will make your interview more valuable. So if they're not doing that as a job seeker, you should probably maybe raise a red flag. I agree 100% with that. But also as a job seeker um, going into interviews, it kind of alleviates um, some of the nervousness that people often feel. I think that this kind of gives you that sort of freebie of being able to just go in and relinquish some of that, that stress this isn't the end all be all. So shake it off a little bit and put your best self forward. Yeah. I, I think, yeah.
1: I think one interpretation of this could be like, if you go to an interview and didn't get the job, you could take away, like it doesn't really matter. Right. This right. wasn't about me personally. It was because some existing narrative happened with the interviewer. And like, again, it's just the essential randomness of, of the conversation is what the data is showing that there's no winning combination for it necessarily. Well, Two thoughts
0: come to mind that, you know, there's so much in the hiring process that you as a candidate don't have control over. Uh, most of it is out of your control. But you can control the questions that you ask in an interview. And I know we've talked about this um, on the blog and in previous shows, that one way to stand out in an interview process is to understand the employer's problems and walk in with questions and stories and illus- examples that illustrate you are not you not only understand those problems, uh, but you're you've got ideas or experiences or skills that can help solve them, and so few candidates do that. And again, we're talking about uh, structured research here, where there wasn't an opportunity to do that. But if again, if you're thinking if you're a candidate and you want to be successful in, in an interview and stand out, that's one way to do it. The other option you have um, something you have control over and is looking for ways to build relationships with people before you walk into the room. And sometimes in high, really formal hiring processes, particularly in government or large corporations, that's difficult to do. People won't see you or take your calls. But if you've always wanted to work at a particular organization, you should be building relationships with that uh, people inside that organization now so that when you walk in the room, you're not unknown and again people hire people they know or are recommended to them by people they trust and that can can trump your responses in uh or the responses of other candidates in an interview process so think about how you can move ahead in the interview process no recognizing that it's imperfect so what can you do about it
1: yeah i and I'm not going to take credit for this because we know I get into trouble for that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, uh, Someone on one of our recent episodes said something like, if you're interviewing for a job and you know the job includes skills X, Y, and Z, and they've not asked you about those skills, it's incumbent upon you to present a question in in which you can kind of talk about your skills there. When the interviewer says, oh, do you have any questions for me? You say something like, you know, I know you didn't ask me any questions about podcast management. And so can I talk a little bit about my skills in podcast management? Just so you've got that out there and you're hitting all the key points because interviewers, they're not always the best at interviewing, right? So I think that's one approach you can take. I think the other one to keep in mind here is, is information abhors a vacuum. And so all the things that are never mentioned, there's a narrative that the interviewer is creating in their head about, about that. You know, They're filling in the gaps if you're not doing it. So just being so proactive in the interview and filling in all the gaps or all the questions that could be there, whether it's about some gap in your resume or about some skill that you haven't talked about or anything else, I think that's really a good approach to take.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point because I think that that was the key takeaway from this article is that there are assumptions that hiring managers make that are not true but are just sort of snap judgments.
1: Any other thoughts on this article today, guys?
2: I really just think that the onus is on hiring managers. You know, if, if you want to really hire the right person for the job, you need to do more than just interview them. You know, you need to really research them, really like put the work in so that you don't get a lemon when you hire somebody.
0: I I agree. Uh, hiring managers have a job to do. So do candidates. And when both are doing their jobs well, that's when successful professional relationships begin and, and eventually flourish. So if you're a candidate, don't walk in just prepared to answer questions. Think about that employer's problems and how you can address them. And think about how you can connect with people inside that organization before the job gets posted. So
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Awesome, guys. Thanks for your feedback. And we'd love to hear what our listeners think about this article. We'll have a link in the show notes. And if you want to share your comments, please do so on our blog.